All right. Okay. Hallelujah. Man. This is gonna this is how it's gonna be this morning, brothers and sisters. Let's just let's just get going. All right, so if this is your first time, I am, uh, I'm Sean Burrow, and I'm the counseling and family life minister, obviously not the preacher, right? So I don't know if that's a hallelujah moment, not too sure. Um, but man, it is so good to have everybody here. Obviously, tons of people, uh, tons of our people are uh, out and about. Hey, AFCers, thanks for representing here, okay? Man. <laughs> I mean, there, there's few, but you guys are powerful, right? So proud of you guys for being here. Um, so many, as they're saying, so many people out traveling, um, you know, and so uh, we hope that if you are listening online, as you're traveling, hey, uh, we have been praying over you, over your trip, um, and so hopefully you get there and everything's great and we are ready for you to get back and get our uh, church family all back, right? Uh, if you are visiting, if, if you're a guest with us this morning, uh, seriously, we are honored and privileged that you're here. Uh, we want you to, to know that we as a church family are not perfect, and that we mess up, and, and we need uh, forgiveness, and, uh, but we want to let you know that, that we are going to try and love each other the best that we can, and love you the best that we can. If you have any questions about us as a church family, and in the Welcome Center, there's tons of uh, opportunities to talk with people about uh, who we are and what we do. Um, we are not only about serving Jesus here in this building, but we're about serving Jesus outside of this building. And we want to share the greatest news ever about Jesus. So I know this morning uh, I've had a few comments going, yeah, let's go on spring break and let's come and let's talk about a really exciting thing called loneliness, right? And, uh, but, but I'm hoping this morning that we're, we are going to be speaking into the, the truth of uh, how God enters into the space uh, with us, even in the darkest moments. And the reason why we're talking about loneliness is because it's not if, but it's when this happens and at different levels in our life. And so it doesn't matter if, if we're uh, single, if we're married, if we're um, old, if we're young. Uh, this hits. It hits at different parts of our life, no matter what. So I was trying to uh, come up with a picture that illustrates uh, this, and this is one picture um, that I didn't really know what to do with this. <laughs> but forever alone booth. So I've never seen this. If you ever do, please take a picture, send it over to me. I want to go visit and just sit there and see what happens. Hopefully I'll have my phone, right, so I can act like I'm doing something or something productive. But then I started thinking about, okay, so uh, who in the world can I, th I mean, just trying to understand and, okay, lonely, who's lonely, who's um, somebody that maybe I grew up with, even a character that I thought of, and uh, guess who I thought of? All the interesting characters that are out there, I thought of Charlie Brown. I mean, I have a lot of pain about, you know, towards Charlie Brown. As I grew up, I mean, this guy seemed like he had a lot of troubles in life. He had some good points, right? But it just seemed like a lot of uh, effort went along with, uh, with Charlie Brown, lots of emotions that I imagine that he went through, a lot of sadness, frustration. The good thing is that uh, Charlie Brown did uh, seek help, and so, um, you know... <laughs> 
The great thing is it was only five cents. And he pondered the, the deeper things of life. You know, I guess what I, I want to know is what is the secret to life, right? But here's unfortunate, right? Lucy is, uh, is a therapist, and I don't know about this therapist. This is the worst imaginable therapist on earth, right? So uh, just to, to hurt and pain. And, and to be serious, this next one, I mean, just exhibits, right, maybe some of the, the ideas and, and emotions behind Charlie Brown. I know it's kind of a silly illustration, but I honestly, he, Charlie Brown was the first one I thought of when I started thinking about what character encompasses loneliness. So, um, you know, the first part that, excuse me, that we need to talk about this morning is like what is loneliness. And I don't want to give just a, a normal dictionary um, quote. I, I went ahead and I reached out to some of the brothers and sisters in this church to give a description and emotions, what it meant uh, to them, what loneliness meant to them. So here's some of the quotes that we have of some of our own people. First individual said, I hate loneliness. It is self-absorbed, self-focused, and it turns into a genuine pity party. It's all about me. Loneliness lends itself to self-doubt, comparison, and a sense of lacking. Loneliness can be driven by a lack of spiritual understanding about being chosen by the Abba Father. Here's some of my inner thoughts when, I, when loneliness hits. No one likes me. Everyone else out there is having fun together, and I'm left out. Boy, don't these just ring. I'm not good enough at anything important. Not just anything, but anything important. Why don't they notice me? Another one of us said, I never felt more alone than when I was sitting on a pew hearing a sermon about God, the God of grace and thinking I was the only one in the room not receiving it. Another one said, it's not just about being around people, it's about connecting. When I truly feel alone, I feel like I can't escape it. I feel like no matter who I'm around, that I'm just not enough to care about. Here's the reality, is that we are created for connection. And when we find ourselves, and for whatever reason, and for whatever circumstances hit us, some that we choose and some that we don't, we are made for connection. From the very beginning of time, in Genesis, when he created us, he created us for relationship, period. Right? He wants us, he longs for us from the very beginning of time to, the, to this point today. He wants a connection with us. And when we don't have that connection with him and we're reaching out and having a connection with others, then we have this place of loneliness. So I try to think about where in scripture can we spend our time talking about loneliness and then how this can help. Right? So I'm, I'm reminded about, and so I went to Ecclesiastes, two different uh, pieces here that we're going to talk about in Scripture. One is Ecclesiastes, two is the story of Jesus. So in Ecclesiastes 4, when Solomon, just think about it for a moment, Solomon is somebody that knows, if we know the background of Solomon, that he is everything. He has more uh, wealth 
He has wisdom that is beyond anybody. He is more, he is at the top. And he talks about the meaning of loneliness and what it means, right? So this is what we're, we're going to read this morning, starting in verse 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7, it says, I observe yet another example of something meaningless under, under the sun. Hear that language? This is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or brother or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure and it's so meaningless and depressing? Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone, likewise, two people, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Verse 11, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not as easily broken. Hear that language that Solomon has in there? When we're alone, these are the effects. But when we're together, these are what happens. This is what happens for us. Then I started thinking about, man, where can we go to? And uh, he was talking with, uh, just to be honest, with some of, some of my kiddos going, man, where, where can we look to what it means for Jesus to reach out to us, right, to, to be able to be present with us and share with us uh, an example of, of how Jesus is present and he's going to attack the loneliness in our life. All right, so Matthew 8 is where we're going to go to this morning. And I want us, I'm amazed how many times when Jesus comes into the situation, when Jesus comes into our world, and when we read about it in Scripture, every single time, he's seeking out people. Another one we're not going to read about is Zacchaeus, right? I mean, he is a tax collector, right? And he reaches and he says, hey, come on down from that tree. I want to spend time with you. Matthew chapter 8, the first three verses. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him, and a man with leprosy came and knelt, knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand, and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean immediately. He was cleansed of his leprosy. Let's put a little context of why this is so impactful for this individual. Can you imagine a person with leprosy? What is typically when somebody is coming down the road and they have leprosy, what are they supposed to yell out? Unclean. And what does that tell everybody else to do? Get away. Right? You have to remember that somebody, not only in, in biblical times, somebody with leprosy was considered the lowest in society. They were the beggars. 
in society. They were the ones that a rabbi, Jesus, did not even give, wasn't supposed to give time of day. Because he's up here, and this person was down here. Jesus' culture, there were so many forbidden pieces in what Jesus did. But what did Jesus do? I'm amazed at this, that Jesus reached out his hand. He reached out. Do you hear that? He reached out. And probably, can you imagine for a moment how long it had been for this individual that had leprosy since they felt another touch from somebody? Over and over and over, yelling, I'm unclean. And that, can you imagine, that was maybe their identity. But Jesus came to that moment and reached out and touched him. Reached out. And touched him. Another one of our members said this about loneliness. It makes me feel like I'm in a dark, dark pit. There is no light. My eyes are open, but I still cannot see anything around me. It's pitch dark. All I feel is heaviness. And and if the dark itself is the weight of the world, then I am carrying alone with no one to help me. But in that moment, let's hear this. He reached out and he said, I am with you. He touched him to say, I'm with you. Another one of our members said, feeling invisible and alienated from the world. No one would know or care if I disappeared. I'm forgotten by God. These are the feelings of loneliness. Feeling so much shame Because of how sinful I must have been for God to be so distant. Never thriving, only surviving. White knuckling the dashboard of life, knowing my existence may only be an example of how life goes wrong. But Jesus responds to the extreme loneliness. All right, I want to speak to, is it okay if I speak to you teenagers just for a second? So, at this point, it hits. Loneliness hits because one thing that everybody is telling you to do is belong. Be cool. Do this and you will be a part. And the reality is, especially in your world today, there is so much going on about this coolness that you will never be there. You will never be enough by their standards. But Jesus says, here's my standard. This is what I want for you. And I love this verse, and I want this verse to be for you guys. For you, this is Psalm 139. I'm not going to read a part of this, but I want you to leave here, and I want you to read the whole chapter of 139. It's powerful, wonderful, and it will be good for you uh, to understand. This is God's speaking about you. It said, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's your identity. We've been going through this series with Dean about what our identity is in Ephesians. And I love Ephesians 1 that we'll talk about here in just a moment. But he says, I praise you because you fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I want, I want to put that out there for you guys. Read the rest of 139. That's who you are 
in Christ and what God has done for you. College students, the, the few, the proud over here, AFCers, and I'm sure some of you guys are, are out there, you're, you're home from college, and I want to speak to you just for a second, that, man, there are so many in academia, if you're in academia or if you're starting out in your career, whatever it may be, there's so many expectations out there for you. And I want you to hear loud and clear that beyond any expectation and beyond any grade that you need for grad school or beyond, that you're enough. That this expectation of doing this level, what can, it can create is when I get stressed, and I don't know how you feel, or you felt you're in the middle of a semester, it gets pretty overwhelming at times. And in that overwhelming, I begin to do things possibly that I go inside and I do coping mechanisms. And we can all connect to this. But I want to encourage you guys that you have so much value to offer this world way beyond your current stage of academics or new career. That who you are in Christ, man, draw into that. Because that is, that is who you are. And who you serve is pretty incredible. I want to speak to you as married couples and um, th this one is, is uh, difficult at times because we hide, we think if we're with somebody and if we're, we're married that we don't struggle with loneliness. That's a lie. When we get hurt and we hide and we avoid, we begin to do things and we begin to drift in our marriage. And we, when we don't deal with what is right in front of us, we drift and in that drifting in our relationship, we can be right beside the one that we love and feel so lonely. My encouragement is deal with those things today. Don't hide behind the hurt any longer. Deal with those things because they turn into loneliness and depression. For those of us that have lost loved ones, and we've, we've uh, mentioned already this morning a couple of our, our love saints that, that have gone on to be with Jesus. And boy, they, uh, their hugs, uh, Miss Kitty and Jesse, I mean, those, their hugs were precious. The ministry they did in this church were precious. And they served. But we are here, and if you've lost, you've lost a spouse and if you've lost one of your loved ones, a mom, dad, it hits and it leaves a void. I don't know if you've ever felt these words before. Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God is present in those moments when we hurt the most. What we have a tendency of doing is withdrawing and trying to do it on my own. But God is there for, for us. So how do you fight deep loneliness that in times leads to depression? Here's a few tips. One is acknowledge your feelings, right? So I know as a, as a counselor, uh, you're like, yeah, that's a pretty common thing. But I, I, I am in the world of counseling for a reason because I feel like there is so much 
things that we can do when we begin to acknowledge where we're at and what we're feeling. And I want to let you know that, that in counseling, we have a counseling center, the A&M Christian Counseling Center, that is part of the ministry of this church. We have 23 counselors that are part of that, ready to walk beside you in whatever you're going through. It is amazing what God has started in 2010 and where he has led us to this day. Part of that is we, are, we need to lean in and acknowledge the feelings of loneliness and share, and here's my homework for you, share it with one person this week. If it's in counseling, great. If it's with a friend, if it's reconnecting with a friend, great. Share it with one person this week. Number two is know when you engage or disengage from the online world, you'll be surprised at the difference. Surprised at the difference. Number three is find a service opportunity to get involved with here at church or in the community. A lot of times when we experience loss and then we go into this place of loneliness, guess what our tendency is to do is to go inside. One of the greatest things that we can do is find purpose in serving. The heart of Jesus is I didn't come to be served but to serve. That is the heart of Jesus. Join a small group to overcome loneliness with in-person connections. You can be around people, but when you go into and you find a group that you're really able to talk with, it makes a difference. I'm reminded about Ecclesiastes uh, 4, uh, once again, verse 12. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. There are even... Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. So I want to leave you with two things. By the way, side, side note, I, I can't tell you the number of texts I, I had this morning about, do you know when the Aggie basketball game is? <laughs> yes, I understand. So we're hurrying. So two things I want to leave you with. One is another statement from one of our members here. And then two, I want to lead us through a prayer. A prayer that actually wrote out this morning, had different plans, but God said, hey, you need to pray this in front of everybody. The truth is, we are never alone. God is always with us. However, Satan never ceases to attempt to convince us that we are not worthy of our own love, not worthy of the love of others, or worse, not worthy of God's love. This lie is pervasive in our culture, but there is a counter-narrative Jesus offers to all who trust in him. I am with you always. And do you know where that comes at the end when, in Matthew 28, when Jesus was sending out to share the greatest news ever, he said, go and remember, I am with you always. 
when we're in this pocket of life, whatever stage that you're in and wherever you're at right now as you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, I hear you. I don't know if I believe you yet. That's okay because I keep going back to that moment in which Jesus reached out. And when he touched the leper, he said, I got you. You're enough. You have value. I love you. That's the gospel. Is that he came for you, died, raised. Romans 6, we live a new life because of Jesus. Ephesians 1, we are chosen because of Jesus. We're forgiven because of Jesus. So I'm going to pray these things. Let's pray. Psalm 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Lord, you are close to the brokenhearted. God, you save those of us that are crushed in spirit. God, when we're in the pit, we need your hand to reach for us. Lord, we don't pretend to have the strength to pull ourselves out of the pain. God, you pursue us every moment of our lives. And please allow for our eyes to be open for your purpose you have for each one of us. In our darkest moments and thoughts, shine your light of love and acceptance that we receive in Jesus. God, you know who's listening this morning. You know and you're hearing the cries of their heart. God, right now, I pray for your presence right now. God, they, that they seek you aggressively through your word. That we reach across barriers to truly love each other. Thank you, Jesus, for being close to us when we're brokenhearted. Thank you for saving us when our spirit is crushed. We praise you today. We praise you every single day, Lord, for what you continue to do. God, thank you for reaching out. Jesus, thank you for reaching out and touching the leper. God, thank you for loving us, even though we're not worthy through the blood we are cleansed. It's in Jesus we pray. Amen.